When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. And today we have another W to talk about. We are back, and we had some technical difficulties with our last podcast. Couldn't get out uh, about the uh, Moorhead State game. But um, this one, this one will be a fun one. I'm excited about this. A big victory, 93-65 for your Auburn Tigers over uh, Louisiana Monroe. It's moved to 2-0 on Friday night. And to do that, to talk about it, to discuss all things basketball and all things Auburn, I brought my dad back. Dad, that was a fun one. That was a good one. It was a fun one. And uh, I don't know what happened uh, the last podcast, it was a really good podcast too. And and we even predicted 93-65 win over Monroe. Totally, and, and if you missed the last podcast, it's kind of your own deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We actually <laughs> predicted that exact thing, guys. We predicted 93-65, we'd get off to a slow start and then blow them out in the second half. No. What but, we I mean, did, that was fun. <laughs> yes. It was a good game. It was, a, it was what you wanted to see from Auburn. I think you saw the the new coming and the the fact that this is a young team early in this game and maybe a little bit of uh, taking the opponent too light early, um, but then really coming out and showing who you're made of and saw a bunch of players show out today, especially in the, or in the second half, but we're excited to get get into it. Yeah, let's, let's, I do want to get into it. And we were talking before we came on Uh, it's hard as a coach to take a bunch of 18 and 19 year old kids and show them the video, show them the film from the ULM LSU game, which LSU won by like 40 and have them take ULM real seriously. And, and they obviously did not, they came out slow. And uh, uh, again, uh, experience of being in locker rooms and games like that, I would not have wanted to have been in that halftime locker room. Uh, I'm sure that it was not a pleasant place to be. You're right. You're right. And I think it's the exact I think you're exactly right on what that that was probably not the right locker room to be in at the time if you're just a spectator or a player um, with Bruce. But uh, no, you you did see a slow start. And I think that kind of I think we're going to see that a lot with this Auburn basketball team because they're young, they're inexperienced. And they a lot of these guys are newcomers and they haven't really played with each other that much, you know, with only what three or four guys playing today that have actually played in an Auburn uniform before. (laughs) <laughs> you know, with Allen still out. Um, yep. So you kind of saw a little bit of the struggles early. You know, ULM came out, give them credit. First half, they came out firing on all cylinders. Uh, they were making shots. You know, they were doing things that they weren't doing when they played LSU. But um, to come out in the second half, do what you did, dominate the way that you did, really shows the excitement behind this Auburn basketball team. And and uh, I'm, I'm excited for the future. I, I am too. I thought that was uh... – a. I thought they came out slow, but uh, put it together after halftime and and did what they were supposed to do and dominate in a 
really cool environment or what seemed like a very cool environment to be in and and watching the kids they look like they were having fun in front of in front of that home crowd on a friday night yeah you're exactly right i'm i'm really really a good atmosphere on that friday night first friday night game of the season hopefully the jungle and the arena continues to be that kind of atmosphere for every game to come but let's let's dive right into some stats and some some game play and notes that we have here. Let's just, let, let's just cut streaks and shakes. How about number 10? I'm, I'm telling you he's the best player on the court anytime he steps on the court. In fact, I saw a tweet from Jay Billis yesterday who said, uh, if you haven't watched Auburn's Jabari Smith play, uh, go watch it. You're welcome. Yeah. He's fantastic. Jabari Smith, he, he really is. And he showed that that true natural basketball ability and potential tonight or in this game. Um, he went for 23 and 10. I just, he was spectacular. Three of five from three, seven of 12 from the field really showed why he is the highest ranked recruit in Auburn basketball history. You know, and you just watch the kid play and he's six ten, and the things he can do in the offensive end and his, you know, the way he kind of moves and like, man, an NBA team's going to really like him next year. He, he's he's special. The the pull up on a on a one man fast break, drove down, uh, pulled up at the three point line because as I would, defenders were backing up, mm-hmm. and uh, pulled up in the three point line. And if you've never tried that, running full speed and stopping and maintaining your balance and going straight up instead of leaning into the shot. Mm-hmm. And drilling that shot was spectacular. But the thing I like about Jabari, I think the most, is he looks like he loves playing for Auburn. He does. He gets excited when somebody makes a defensive play. Uh, KD made a defensive play where he knocked the ball out of the guy's hand like three different times, and it finally went off of off the guy. And Jabari was excited as excited about that as KD was. But to yeah. see a kid that look, he's, he's a pro. He's going to be a pro next year. Don't, don't, don't even think about him coming back. So, but to see him really enjoying his teammates and the atmosphere and just playing for Auburn really was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the times with those guys, just like we've discussed in the past, you know, with those kind of recruits and with those kind of players with that talent and that potential and the, you know, we all know Jabari knows that, he will be a top 10 pick this year, if not top five, if not higher. Um, mm-hmm. And he knows that, and we all know that he's the best player on the court, but to see a guy that has that kind of ability still love the game and love playing and love his teammates and getting so excited, just like you said, I mean, it's, like, it's, it's amazing. Some of those guys can be a prima donna. He does not seem to be like a prima donna. He does. And, and then, you know, we'll, we'll stop, you know, Talking about Jabari here for just a second. You know, I love, <laughs> love talking about Jabari, and he's a great player and all, but this was a, a great team effort, you know, with Wendell Green, starting point guard going for 15, you know, and then off the bench, guys like Katie Johnson and Chris Moore having co- both career days with Johnson for 18 and uh, Chris Moore with 16. Johnson four for five from three. Um, and, I mean, you just – it was a, was a great game, Jabari, with 23 and 10, but – you look all over the stat sheet. You're like, and there was hard. There's hard to find a guy that really just didn't play well. You know, if you if you look, you maybe yeah. Devin, maybe because he just didn't make one. But he's gonna make one. He's gonna make some when they when they drop. So I, 
it's hard to it's hard to look at this game at the at the stat sheet right now and just go, you know, I don't really know, but it's it's promising as an Auburn fan, and uh, I'm excited. But uh, you know, let's talk about uh, this this game. Really was the story of the second half. Uh, it just shows like it's more it's better to finish than it is to start. And, you know, but it, uh, it, I think we what did we else. <laughs> Let's, let's, Stay it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to do a positive Auburn podcast when when we've just witnessed the Mississippi State Auburn game. Um, but let's do talk about second half. We outscored them fifty six to twenty six. Yeah. That's kind of what it, it, that's kind of what LSU did, but LSU did it in both halves. Yeah, uh, we just didn't do it in the second in the first half. But you were talking. You mentioned KD and Chris Moore. KD, he's more fun to watch play then I think most guys that I've seen play there he gets he gets more excited about defense than he does offense and he is just I he is he he would drive me crazy trying to go against him he's the player that that the the opposing teams probably hate Hmm. but you'd love because he is just into it and he's a great player he's gonna be a great player I was really excited for KD yeah struggle with fouls early, just like a lot of a lot of our guys struggles with fouls. We'll we'll get into the officials here in a little bit because this game wasn't very well officiated on both sides. But I will I will say KD, I mean played played a career he had a true career day with 18 points, four for five from three, you know, three assist that's exactly what you want from a guard like that coming off the bench. And that's exactly what you want with a guy who's he, as young as he is, and he's playing his second game as an Auburn Tiger right now. Um, re- really excited for KD. And then with Chris Moore, you know, going mm-hmm. five of nine. I bet his advanced stats. I don't. I don't. I don't know if you've seen that. I, and there may be a few people that have seen. Somebody go find like advanced stats on Chris Moore, like his efficiency numbers and plus minus and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They're absurd. Mm-hmm. They're unbelievable. They're like yeah, when, some of the yeah. best we've ever we've ever seen at Auburn. Yeah, and it's just weird. He's 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 really improved so much. You know, we we talked about Kyle. And I talked about how we want to see Chris uh, improve so much this offseason. and I really think he did. I really think he's got a chance to make that type of that Allen type of uh, jump, Flanagan jump, Flanagan mm-hmm. jump, just without like needing to make that jump like Auburn needed it last year. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think I really think he has. So uh, shout out to those guys. And Wendell also played great. He grabbed seven rebounds. I mean, that's the smallest dude on the court. He's the smallest guy on the court. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought about that too. Um, uh, real quick on Chris Moore, that he went six to six from the free throw line, mm-hmm. and his free throws are not the prettiest things in the world, but he makes them. Yeah. And he he's confident when he steps up to the line and he drills it. But also on Chris Moore, it's just um, I, I keep having to tell myself in high school he was a he was an all state center in high school he played the five and he came to Auburn and knew he couldn't play the five and and the fact that he's done this in a year and gone from playing the five to playing the three which is something you did in in in, from junior high to high school and it's it's a hard transition when you're playing back to the basket the whole time and all of a sudden you're playing uh, facing the basket on the wing it's a different it's different and he has done a great job of it yeah you're exactly right. That's a hard transition, and he's he's made the most of it. He's improved so so well. I'm, ex- I'm excited for his future, man. I don't I don't think he is 
I don't think he's done improving. In which no, oh no, makes it sky's the limit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have, I'm gonna go over like team comparison over here to just team stats. You know, okay. Uh, this is where we'll talk about the officials. Way, way too many stoppage. Way too much stoppage. Way too many free throws. There's, I, I, as a fan, I'm sitting here watching a free throw. Con- I don't want to watch a free throw contest. Mm-hmm. I want to watch these mm-hmm. kids play basketball. And with Auburn shooting 32 free throws in the game and ULM shooting 24 free throws in the game, it just wasn't a very fun, you know, fun game to watch. Uh, by the way, it was officiated, you know, in foul troubles, both teams, you know, Kessler had four. He picked those up quick. Yeah. Some of those were kind of questionable. Jalen had four. KD had four. A bunch of other guys had two, two with, with ULM. They're uh, number 24. Harrison had fouled out of the game with five. And then, Howell had four and a bunch of their guys had three and some had two. It was just like, like, no, no, no. Okay. I don't, I don't want to watch a free throw shooting contest, <laughs> nor do I want to watch the officials blow their whistle so much. So, so I was trying to figure it out during the game because they're um, like you said, there's no rhythm to a game like that. It's standing at one end shooting free throws after the free throws are done. Somebody commits a foul. We walk to the other end and shoot free throws. And it was just, it was awful. And I was trying to think of what, how, how I could best describe it uh, to somebody who maybe didn't watch it. Uh, and, and yes, both teams were physical. There were fouls, but at some point you've got to adjust. The officials have got to adjust what's going on and we've got to adjust to what the officials are doing. But so I have a five month old puppy at home, a new puppy. Uh, great dog, but if she is not asleep, which is not often, or eating, which is all the time, she wants your attention. She's in your lap. She's looking at you. She's asking, trying to get you to throw toys with her or play tug of war. And I thought if you gave my puppy a whistle, there is absolutely no difference between her and the officials that officiated that game. The other day. Yeah. It was yeah. like they were abused as children and wanted attention. And it's not about the officials. Most good officials will tell you. It's not about the officials. If, if, I, if you don't even reckon, if you don't think about me or don't see me in the game, that's what I want. And they did not. They wanted to be seen. <laughs> they wanted to blow their whistle. It was like three Teddy Valentines out there. Mm-hmm. We love Teddy Valentine here on this podcast. We have a very, very uh, strong ACC. relationship. That's Teddy an ACC Valentine. official. That's an ACT type, type of thing. Um, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the Carolina that we talking Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an e2c network booster exclusive communications and bonus content that is available nowhere else 
If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. But yeah, let's talk about another one of these stats, you know, with the guys like uh, that we talked about with Katie and Chris um, and then guys like Jalen coming off the bench. He, when you outscore a team on the bench points by 22 and you win by 20, I mean, that's the, that's the difference in the game right there. I mean, we out-rebounded them by nine. You know, we had a little bit – we had a little bit more steals than them. We had more blocks than them. We passed the ball. There's no big difference in second-chance points or no big difference in points off of turnovers or turnovers at all. But the bench points, you saw when Louisiana uh, Monroe brought off their bench and we brought our bench, it was completely different game. Completely different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's a that's a game-changing stat right there is the bench points with – it was really just the – Big time career days from KD and Chris. Just when you when you have a bench that includes KD, Jalen Williams, who struggled in that game, but is going to be like I said, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can do it all. And you've got um, Chris Moore and uh, and the guys like that that come off the card well, who played well. And dude, I love watching him in a full jungle. It's more fun than. I, he just gets me fired up. But when you pull those guys off the bench, and by the way, during the Barbie area era, that's that group would be an amazing group. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd have been like, wow, we've got really good players. And those these are guys coming off the bench. Uh, probably, uh, I, I would imagine Williams is probably a pro. Johnson is probably a pro. Uh, Chris Moore is probably a pro. And they're coming off our bench. Yeah, it really helps because a lot of teams don't have that. The SEC will. We'll get into the SEC and we'll find other teams that benches will play just as well as ours, and and we'll <clears throat> get to see how just how good we really are. But but yeah, that bench points was was the huge deal. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I'm excited about this team. I you know every single game, I feel like we're going to get better. We're going to improve. We're going to we're going to see this true potential. I don't even think we're going to see the max potential that this team could have until maybe March. I really don't because I think this team is going to have to mesh really well. I think they may have to take some losses on the shin to do that. Oh yeah. Um, They're going to, they're going to play some tough, tough opponents in the SEC. They're going to get one of their best players back in December or January, Mm -hmm. and they're going to have to mesh together. And, you know, as two games in, we're looking at it like we're two and oh, you know, this is, you know, this is great right now, but I think we have to settle down. I think we have to appreciate how well we are playing right now. You know, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but I think we also have to settle down. Like, I don't think we need to overreact is what I'm trying to say. I agree. There, there are some weaknesses. There are some things that we did not do well, especially in the first half. We didn't rebound very well. We didn't defend, which was kind of weird for me because uh, after watching us come out and play that first game and defend so well in the first half of this last game with, with Louisiana Monroe, they were getting straight line drives on us. And I thought, Oh boy, this is, <laughs> this is not, it's not good when they're doing it. 
And uh, so we've got to we've got to be able to bring that defensive intensity from the gun opening gun to the end of it. Uh, I did like what Bruce did and went to that one three one and put Jabari at the top of that one three one. I like Holy that. Cow. I like that. <laughs> That's a nightmare if you're. Then you get somebody team. like Jalen on the back end of that one three one, a guy who can run the baseline uh, like that. I, I, I mean, I really like that, and I like the right. length of Jabari at the top. I like how we trap because we could put Zepp and KD on each side. It's a great, it's a great defense. It's a great defense. As as long as we're able to rebound out of it, which is the struggle with a lot of zones, uh, if we can rebound out of it, we've, uh, that's a really, (laughs) that's a really good, uh, really good defense to play because Jabari on the top of that one, three, one is just stupid. It's not fair. I like it a lot. Um, All right. So we'll, uh, We'll wrap this game up right now, and uh, I'm just going to pick player of the game. I know we try and, like, do two different players, and we talked about this pre, uh, pre-show, pre-recording right now, but um, I think it's I think it's an obvious pick, but I think there's guys that you could very well pick out and say, like, this guy was the difference, this guy was the difference, this is the reason why they were the difference. But I think the obvious choice, and then I'm going to go with player of the game, is the, the, the best player on the floor, Jabari Smith. I mean, he – Today, last night was his coming out party. As much as it, as much as he played well in the exhibition, he played decently well before he got hurt at the Moorhead versus Moorhead State. You know, everybody knows he's going to play well. This is this was his like, okay, I'm here. Let's play basketball. I'm, it's basketball season. Twenty three is true basketball. Twenty three mm-hmm. and ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's as that's as good as it gets. He, he he's he's fantastic. And yes, I I wanted try to pick somebody different. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, it, to me, the, the, yes, Jabari's the best player on the floor and without him, we probably don't win that game. Um, but if you, but so, so to be a little contrary and a little different on that, uh, I've gone back and forth between KD Johnson and Chris Moore, but I really like what Chris Moore did the other day. He had he ended up with 16 points, uh, four boards, um, six to six from the free throw line, uh, attacked the basket. And I mean, attacked the basket, uh, didn't settle for three pointers, just went by his guy and, and got to the rim, uh, and finished when he got there. So, uh, I'll, I'll throw, uh, I'll throw Chris Moore in the hat as the player of the game for the ULM game. I like that. I, I, and if I, if I didn't pick Jabari, cause I was, I was trying to think who you would pick if, if I were to pick Jabari, because I agree Jabari was the player of the game, but I, I probably would have gone with Chris Moore as well. When you said he attacked the basket, fiercely attacked mm-hmm. the basket. He is attacking the basket. Scored 16, four boards, perfect from the free throw line. It, it, just like I said earlier, his advanced stats are nuts. Yeah, They're straight up ballistic. Yeah, um, And it's just because he does everything so well and he does everything so right. And I want him to continue to improve and continue to do what he's doing. I, I do too. Uh, I would like to see him get a little bit better on the defensive end. Uh, that's why I struggled with my choice there because I think KD provides that defense. But uh, but just the fact that uh, we haven't seen that out of Chris Moore yet, and he went, uh, he played a great game. If we can keep him doing that and KD doing that off the bench and get Jalen going a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, those that those bench points that you brought up earlier will continue to be like rise, that. Will rise and just wait yeah. until you get Alan Flanagan on that bench right now. <laughs> he'll, he'll have to start off on the bench when he gets minute restrictions. 
Don't just put Alan Flanagan on that bench. Alan oh, Flanagan, he's the SEC Player of the Year. SEC candidate. Player of the Year candidate, coming, right there, coming off the bench. That coming would be nice. I, 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 when he comes back, we'll we'll see how many minutes he can get. But uh, he's 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 the best. Nah, he's one of the best players on the team. Yeah, Jabari's yeah, the best player. That's the best way to say that right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially after the way Jabari played. Yeah. But yeah, we'll kind of wrap this up right now. We'll kind of uh, discuss a little bit about the at USF game on Friday, November 19th. That'll be played at 7 o'clock, I believe, at USF. It'll be our first game away from Auburn Arena. I think it'll be a good first test. I want to see. You know, I kind of hope this USF crowd shows up, get this get this young you know team that hasn't really meshed together well to, to try and play in front of a – a crowd, even though they will be extremely more talented than this USF team, they won't, you know, I want them to be tested as much as possible before we go into a very, very deep and very talented Southeastern Conference. All right. So, so I've looked at a little bit of USF. I got on their website before we got on the show tonight. Uh, they played um, Saturday, yesterday. I think that was that. Yeah, yesterday uh, against Georgia Southern and um, Sun Belt team, and uh, Georgia Southern beat them by twelve in Tampa. Uh, the crowd that you're talking about was mm-hmm. two thousand people. Okay, so That's about about a really fifth what of what now is not not what yeah. you're talking about. Um, the uh, they've got one seven footer. Uh, biggest guy on their team is the seven footer. His first name's Russell. I won't try to pronounce his second, his last name, but he ended up with uh, three points and nine boards. Um, they had a guy score 18 coming off the bench. DJ Patrick uh, was uh, six of 13 from three and had 18 points. But here's a stat for you they, uh, in the second half of their game against Georgia Southern, they shot. Seven percent from the three-point line, not seventeen, not seventy. They went one of fourteen from three in the second half at home, and ended up losing. So, so they got outscored. Georgia Southern was up eight at half, uh, thirty-three to twenty-five, and in the second half, Georgia Southern beat them twenty to sixteen. They scored 16, 16, sixteen second half points. So, Auburn scored fifty-six against you. Yeah, yeah. Right, I don't so know. I, I don't want to like. You know, I'm not one to, because just like we saw, you know, when we said last podcast, I know I didn't like reach out, but (laughs) no, no, we said, (laughs) we said we would win 93 to 65 last podcast. Come on now. (laughs) But, but we, we did say like, we, I don't want to look over this team because, you know, I know LSU just beat them by 40 and look here, they came out and beat us by two in the first half. I don't want to, I don't want to like overthink because. You know, you said they were one of fourteen. They'll go thirteen of fourteen against uh, Auburn. <laughs> that's a possible. That is a possibility. There were not a lot of foul fouls called in this last in their game the other day, pitches? but maybe we can get those guys. They caused they caused eighteen turnovers. So I guess I haven't seen them play. Yeah. But uh, against Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern turned the ball over eighteen times, and Georgia Southern only went one of ten from three in the second half. Maybe their rims are messed up. Maybe, that was, yeah, maybe we needed to go check that out first before we go play before we go shoot around. But by the way, uh, I think I mentioned this to you the other night. You asked why in the world are we going to play South Florida in Tampa? Bruce Pearl has ulterior motives. 
the SEC tournament will be held in that building later on this year. So it gives us a chance to see what the rims do look like, what the sight lines are like, what get a feel for, uh, feel for, let's get the name of the arena, uh, the Yingling Center in Tampa, Florida. So, yeah, they had 2,200 people there the other day. I see that's that's not what I'm looking for. I want I want them to play in front of a crowd because I don't want them to, you know, not play in front of a big crowd because they're not going to play in front of big crowds at the Bahamas. They're not. They're going to be a. It's going to be a huge Auburn crowd when they go to Atlanta play Nebraska. I don't want them to have to play their first big crowd when they have to go to an SEC school. I think they may play in front of a crowd at St. Louis. That may be the first Maybe crowd we actually get. That's late December, right? Late December. Yeah. yeah, right before. And who do we open up with in SEC play? I believe LSU. I believe they're at home. LSU's tough. They had, <laughs> again, <laughs> they beat a team that we just played, beat them by about 60. That's so, right. Anyway. That's right. Yeah, you do open up with LSU at home, but then you go to South Carolina. Um, a few Not worried later. about that one. Yeah, South first, Carolina just got beat. By the first Princeton. big time row game that you're going to have, mm-hmm. you'll be in Coleman Coliseum across the cool. state. Uh, and, and look, usually I would laugh at that, but I watched some highlights from their first game, okay. and that their student section was actually full. I've never seen that student section full in all the years that I've been around watching basketball. I've never seen Coleman Coliseum full at all. Mm-hmm. And they had a full student section. So, and you know, when Auburn comes, basketball in this state is much better now. Much better. Like five years ago, we would have laughed competitive. at that. Yep. That's right. That's right. Well, we'll wrap this one up right here. You know, kind of, we, we will have an next podcast out, hopefully sometime next weekend after the USF game. Uh, wish everybody a great week. Um, yep. You know, don't, don't pay attention to what's happening at the, the football stuff. Um, <laughs> Because at least we're not at least we're not the guys. It is basketball season. It's basketball season. It is basketball season. It is we are a basketball school, and that's what we are here for to talk Auburn basketball. So (laughs) yeah, the the poor guys on the ETC network that uh, have to do the football are not not gonna have a fun day talking about that game. No, they're not. But we will wrap this one up right here. Dad, yeah, go ahead, do what you do what you always do at the end of these podcasts. I, I tell people, I tell people to, to hit me up on Twitter. I haven't been hit up yet, but it's probably because that last podcast got Dig it up. out into the ether somewhere. Uh, I'm I'm on Twitter at, at IMCTO, I-A-M-C-T-O. So hit me up. Let's talk about what happened in the last ball game and, and look forward to South Florida. If you have yes. questions. That's right. That's right. Or you can hit me up or... Uh, at Gray Oldenburg on Twitter or at Gray O21 on Instagram. And uh, thanks for thanks for joining me, Dad. We will be back yeah, next man. weekend. And uh, War Eagle. Always enjoy this. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.